Hey guys, welcome back to Get A Heck Yes with me, your host, Carissa Wu. Hope you guys are having a great week. Today I have a very special guest and her name is Renee Sabo from Urban Survey and she has an amazing podcast for over three years and it's called The Confetti Hour. And I was on her podcast about two weeks ago and we had a very honest conversation about how to get on the preferred vendor list and I dish out a lot of embarrassing stories so it's hilarious. You have to go check it out. So today her hot topic is five steps to strategically position yourself in the wedding marketplace and you're going to want to tune in because it's going to help you so much with your marketing strategy. So Renee is amazing and she was actually awarded best wedding planner from Boston Magazine. So you want to tune in. You're going to love this episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. I'm your host, Carissa, and I've been a Los Angeles wedding photographer for over a decade. I've traveled the world, built my team, and seen it all. I now coach wedding photographers hit 10K a month and build a thriving business. In this podcast, we are going to deep dive into how top wedding creatives get that heck yes from their dream clients. We are not holding back on the struggles of the business and how to push through the noise. Some healthy hustle, mindset shifts, up-leveling your money story, time hacks because I'm a mom of two, a little bit of woo-woo, and most importantly, self-love and confidence are just a few of the many things we will talk about. I want to give you a genuine thank you for following along my journey. I hope to inspire you every Wednesday so that you say heck yes to listening to this podcast. See you guys soon. Hey guys, welcome back to Heck Yes with me, Carissa Wu. I have a very special guest, Renee Sabo, and she's a fellow podcaster. I love your podcast called The Confetti Hour, and you're also an award-winning wedding planner with Urban Saray. So welcome, Renee. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? What do you have to days? It is going well. We Well, unfortunately, we're still dealing with a lot of COVID stuff, but um, a lot of my 2022, 2023 clients were busy, like sourcing venues, doing design plans. So it's a, I like this time of year because it, it's my most creative time of year. So it's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I listened to your episode about like the yeah. second wave and, um, it oh, all yeah. brought me like to tears because it's a lot of anxiety for us and also for our bride. It's so sad. I know. I, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so hard. I can't believe we're still in it, honestly. Yeah. It's been so long and. It's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. We're going to be out of it. We're going to be out of it. No, we're not out of it. Yeah, no, it's it's more just been like trying to like figure out how to live with it and adapt to it. And like, I feel like a lot of our clients that booked for later in 22 and 23 did it because they thought they would just like not have to deal with COVID. Um, And honestly, we did, too. Like we had no idea we would still be dealing with this. So it's been a little heart wrenching to have to like have these conversations, like there's vaccine mandates coming out. But at the same time, we're just like learning how to operate in it. And so it's still a little more positive than the last two years, which is good. Oh, <laughs> like people yeah. are like, they're like, it's fine. We're getting married and people have to show, you know, a negative test, whatever, like at this point, you know? Yeah. So, I've been getting all those emails from planners. So yeah. I totally, totally <laughs> I'm sure you it. are. Yeah. yeah. I'm like sending them all out because I want to make sure like they know what to expect to, what, you know, all the vendors know what to expect. So yeah, it's a wild times we're living in. So I value doing stuff like this. Cause it's like, we can tune out that part of the world for a little bit and like, just enjoy chatting. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, I, I've been chatting with you before we recorded, but you're re- very easy to talk to. And that's how I feel like <laughs> in your podcast. But tell me more about like how you started 
uh, wedding planning and you're from Boston and then you are a mentor to wedding planners now. So just more about you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'd love to. So yeah, so I basically, I actually grew up in Ohio, which is like, I don't, I've lived in Boston for so long now that I feel like people wouldn't know that. So I'm a Midwest girl originally. Okay. And uh, I bring it up because like I got into wedding planning because my mom hired a wedding planner and she did this like gorgeous large wedding at a hotel downtown in Cincinnati, Ohio. And that was when I really was like drawn to weddings, honestly. So it's been a very like long How journey. Old you? I was 15. Okay. So she was a wedding planner? No, no. She hired a wedding planner. Oh, hired so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She got remarried to my oh, stepdad. Okay, okay. Yeah. And it was just really cool. Um, I was always drawn to things that were like project oriented growing mm. up. So my mom didn't, she didn't think much of it, of me being interested in the wedding, but she wasn't really expecting me after the wedding, her wedding to say like, I want to be a wedding planner. So, um, but I've never <laughs> really like lost that feeling. Like I just, I genuinely just really enjoy like the balance of the job. Like I like, you know, getting to know my clients and their families. And I like how like people oriented it is, but then, you know, it can be creative. It can be strategic. There's just, you know, there's a lot that goes into it and it keeps me um, for sure on my toes and it keeps me, my brain working, right? Like all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. So I love that. And then, so when I moved to Boston, I moved here for grad school and I went to school to get my MBA and focus in entrepreneurship because like back in the day, being a wedding planner was not as largely like known as a career. Like oh, my totally. parents were concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they said, you need to go to grad school and you need to get, have a backup. Like you need to go get your MBA because then you could always fall into anything business oriented. I'm like, oh, okay. So I did it to appease them. Uh, but ironically it ended up being a really like great, you know, uh, experience for me. I learned a lot and it's helped me with a lot of, you know, the trajectory of urban sway, but also introducing the podcast to my business and just, you know, being a, a general entrepreneur. So that yeah, was school does help in some aspects. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think experience is like the biggest thing, obviously, but uh, I'm grateful for that time period. It also gave me a little bit of time not to rush into it, which was nice. So I got to network and really get to know this community here in New England and Boston. And now uh, that I do, you know, education type things like you, I get to talk to people all over the world. So it's been really fun because I love traveling and getting to know everyone in different areas. So yeah, yeah. But so the podcast, I can't wait to have you on someday. So ready for that. And it it just kind of started because I, I was getting really tired of blogging and I felt like I can talk to a wall. So podcasting just felt like very natural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of the confetti hour just started out of like this, like want to kind of have my own blog in a like virtual way. And so it was really fun, you know, and now I've had it for three years and had had hundreds wow. of episodes. Um, and much like you, like, I just love, you know, being able to help our community and really like brainstorm with other professionals. Like I learn from my guests as much as like, you know, I hope I'm giving back to the community. Yeah. So, yeah it's good so though. you've been doing podcasting for three years? Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy actually. Wow. Um, because like it goes so fast. So 
Wow, that's amazing. Do you have any tips for me? Well, you're already doing amazing. I've listened to so much of your podcast. I think you're like already creating such good content for people and having guests that are, I think, really uh, relatable, which is nice, but um, I don't know. I'll, I'll think of some tips. Yeah. For I would just say, keep going. Like, even okay, if you okay. have a down month, like, I, like sometimes I beat myself up over, Oh, I didn't put out four episodes this month. And it's, it, you know, it's like, I have a full, my full-time job is obviously running my wedding planning business and the podcast is slowly but surely coming into being like a revenue stream for my business. But I'm trying not to beat myself up because even like one or two episodes is amazing. And it, it I hope it's helped people. So I would say like, just go with the flow with it. Okay. You know? oh, and don't, like yeah, just don't give up on it. Because I think it's okay if you have to take a little step back. That's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, and I think about it in terms of like other people that do blogging on their website or like YouTube channels, like sometimes they don't consistently hold themselves to five episodes a month or something or five blog posts. So it's like, I don't know, give yourself some grace, but don't give up. That's what I, that's, Aww. that's my advice. Thank you. <laughs> I love that advice. Um, yeah, good. And I'm the same way. I used to blog a lot too. And this has kind of, you know, I like talking to people too. So it kind of replaced that, um, the blogging aspect. So I'm yeah. in the same yeah. boat. <laughs> I love that. I know. I, I like blogging. I see value in it for SEO and I'm impressed by copywriters, but it's hard. Like, I feel like it's a little more, I don't know what the word is like polished and professional, which is totally great too. Um, not that we aren't on here, but this is just a little more like easygoing. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. A conversation. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah I so it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'm having a great time with it. I wanted to love ask it. you. Okay. So for the listeners, you have to check out urban Saray. It's gorgeous. It's very upscale. It's very classy. Um, your clientele is, yeah, very, very, very gorgeous and classy. So Thank tell us you. How, like, how you developed your style and how you get a heck yes from your dream clients. I love that this is your podcast. I think like the heck yes, like take on it all is amazing. Because like truly my clients, like we are giddy about the same things. I feel like every time we talk, it, it is like a heck yes moment. We're like, oh my gosh, yes, we have to do this. Or, you know, when I get into the sales like process and I'm talking with them, I want them to just feel this like connection with me that allows them to trust me, but like know that I understand them. And like we getting excited over the same, you know, aesthetic and style really helps me to be able to do that. So over yeah. the years, I mean, I, I've always been drawn to traveling to you know, far flung destinations. And my stepmom was a flight attendant growing up. So I was really lucky to be able to explore a lot growing up. Oh. And so I'm very like drawn to Boston and New England and destinations where there's a lot of charm and history. And mm. just like, I like to lean into the romance of all that. And so a lot of my clients do love traveling. They also have like, they love the mansions here. They love, you know, characteristics about the city. Like it may be an industrial building uh, that, uh -huh. you know, has a really amazing brand mission. Like there's just, there's just things we connect on. And that's kind of how over the years, I just, I just leaned into being myself to be honest and what makes me excited to design a wedding. And I find that my couple's, also are excited about the same things. And that's how we've been able to attract to each other. And I always end up getting like that kind of heck yes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're amazing. Your style is so good. Um, <laughs> and I really see that. And you just said the word brand mission, which we're going to talk about brand mission and position in a second. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, what is your biggest accomplishment in business? Oh, that is 
so hard. I still feel like I'm light years away from where I want to be, but I also recognize that I need to be more proud of myself and where I've gotten to Mm -hmm. same for you with this podcast. Like even just starting a podcast is so much work and I don't know. There's just, you know, we're always our hardest critic. Right. But I would say that like in 2020, we obviously had a really hard year. So I did have a couple highs um, in the midst of a lot of lows. And so for me, they stick out more just because it meant so much, you know? So in 2020, I won best of Boston, um, Ma- uh, wedding planner by Boston magazine, wow. which is like a really uh, wonderful, it's a huge honor. And there's so many other, ta- thank you. So many other talented, like, you know, professionals that win every year. And so it was always a dream of mine to get to that caliber of like my business where I would be, you know, seen as a professional that the industry really respected. So that was really cool for me. And it meant just a little bit more because it was also such a hard year, you know? I want to give you a hug. That's such (laughs) a big accomplishment. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, we put a lot into our work. Like it's not just a job for us. So uh, yeah, anytime there's recognition for that, you kind of like pinch yourself. You're like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. You, I mean, you you should really take it in. And I yeah. think for us, it is hard to like appreciate like how far we've come and just like sit with that feeling instead of thinking of like where we could be in the next year or two. So right, like comparison can be such a thief because you know you see other planners like winning best of brides magazine. That would be an incredible honor one day if I could get to that point. But at the same time, like take a moment just to like realize how far you came. Like we literally started this from scratch. I had zero clientele. I did my logo myself the first like six (laughs) months of my business. Like, like just be proud of yourself for how far you've come. So I'm going to take, try to take my own words of wisdom and be proud of myself. Oh, I love it. And I'm like in this like rabbit hole of manifestation Love that. Yeah. Kind of random, but I'm writing a book for wedding photographers. But my editor, he was like, I think you're like trying to be woo woo, but you're like so not woo woo. Besides, that's like your last name. But (laughs) oh, really? That's such funny advice. I'm such a driver, you know, work for what you get type of thing. Like, yeah, hustle. But now I'm trying to, I did like the Gabby um, Bernstein challenge. So it's all about like, feeling good, not wanting that goal, but feeling the goal. So having like intentions of like, I'm thankful for like being alive. I'm thankful for the hair on my head. I'm thankful for a loving family. Um, Because when we're trying to like chase that goal, like we get into like the lack of mentality. Yeah. Um, and then we get kind of like our energy is not like on high vibration. So we have to really be proud of like where we are every single day and moment. Wow. I love that. That's really good. That's like so uh, relatable advice because I don't think a lot of us take the time to pause and do that. So (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Tell me about like your like mentorship program a little bit. Oh yeah. So basically like a long story short is that when I came into the industry, I would say I was, I came into the industry at a very interesting time where I think that community over competition mindset was not where it is today. And Mm. it started to really grow. And I'm so excited about that. I honestly think social media has helped so much with that. Um, But social media was like really new. So when I started getting into the industry, um, competition was fierce, and it still is in different ways, right? Uh, But mentoring was really important to me, because I had a few mentors along my journey that made a huge difference in 
me just like finding the courage to go out on my own and start my business, um, but also just be like a stronger event professional and try to find balance with it. Like it's so easy for this job to con completely control you. And so the my mentoring sessions are really like me being able to uh, work with young aspiring planners that are younger in their business than I am or younger in their careers and be able to help them and, and like have someone they can trust. Like I am an open book. I literally will give them like the things, the resources and materials that I send to my clients. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a long-term relationship as mm -hmm. opposed to like a one-on-one -on -one coaching call. Okay. So I, I really enjoy that. Um, most of my mentor uh, mentoring sessions are booked for like three months or six months, but um, and of course I do have, if there's just like one thing you want to bounce off of, we can have one session. Uh, but most of the time it's a long-term relationship. And so I get to just like see a difference in their business and help a little bit, you know? So, and I, I didn't feel there was a ton of that when I was getting started. So it's a really important part of my business that I enjoy doing, but yeah, oh, I love That's that. Nice. And you're good yeah. at teaching because I learn a lot from your podcast. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Likewise, you too. I That's what's so cool about our community. Like creative education has come so far these days. And uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's the reason why I love being in the wedding industry specifically because we are so like welcoming and that community over competition has changed so much these days that everyone just wants to see our industry and our community succeed. And so yeah. I, I love like everything that you're doing. I, I love all the educators we have on our podcast. Like it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay. Tell us about your hot topic and why you chose it. Okay. So I chose to chat with you guys today about five steps to strategically position yourself in the wedding marketplace. I think you can tell from, my introduction and like just chatting a little bit about myself that a lot of what I'm going to talk like talk about today has contributed to my successes. Mm. And I also think it's just very relatable no matter what type of business you're in. So okay. yeah, so I'm excited. Ooh, like, I'm excited. yeah, like a lot of people, I don't know if you've had this like with photography, you know, a lot of people ask like, how do you get these clients? Or how did you get into this market? Or how are you doing weddings at this venue? Uh, and I, as much as I want to say, like, it's a little bit of luck because everything's, you get a little ounce of luck in, in certain things, but a lot of it's strategy and positioning yourself in the marketplace is exactly what has gotten me to where my business is today. So yeah, I hope it helps people. I, I love this topic. So yeah. Okay. Take it away with number one. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, number one, and I, w I really like, would love your take on this too. Cause I, you're in LA, right? Krista? Yes. Yeah, you Boston and LA is like obviously very very different, but similar in the sense that it's a large industry. Like I feel like we have a lot of market segments. And so my tip number 1 is just like determining what those market segments look like in your area. Okay. And so for instance, like in Boston and maybe you can tell me what you think LA is, uh but I I kind of like in my head just break it out into budgets. I think that's like the easiest way for me to really do it as a planner. That being said, like if you're a photographer or, you know, a different type of service, maybe it wouldn't be budget. Maybe there's another way that you break out your market segments. It could be like by venues, you know, um, that's also a very easy way to say this is a wedding of a certain caliber. So I break out our market here as like budget, average, luxury, ultra luxury. Um, I also have like tiers in my luxury because I think that 
some people want to be in the luxury market, but they don't realize that there's just like totally different tiers of what those Mm. weddings look like. Uh So uh I would say just like do some market research and start to look at your area and the areas that you like want to serve and determine what they even are, you know, where are they being held? How much do they spend? What other vendors do these clients value hiring? Um, Just really like identify the characteristics and the commonalities like to each market. And the goal would be um, so that you have a clear picture of what's what the opportunities are, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know about LA. I'm sure it's very similar, honestly, like with the luxury. There's a lot of luxury market there. So like, no, you probably get to, I was trying to think when you said that. So yeah. I was thinking like, yeah, there's a lot of upscale um, venues in Orange County, and I probably wouldn't be in that market. But there's a lot of hotels in the South Bay where I live. Yeah. So I try to tap into that market. And I'm close to LA. So I try to tap into like the people having like food trucks and colorful walls and those like industrial, like cool venues or kind of yeah. like hipster. Like it would be like what I would want for my wedding. So I had like a fun venue in LA and, um, nice. you know, had all like the food trucks and like the fun, cool stuff, but that's, that's kind of so like fun. my ride. But as far as like budget segments, um, yeah, I never heard that before. So I'm definitely learning. Yeah. <laughs> and and a lot of people ask me, like, I think as a planner, I'm very like realistic that I'm way more into a budget than you are in a client's mm, journey uh-huh. with their planning. And so I I would vouch like if I personally were say someone offering like your service as a photographer, I would pay for a mentor to help me understand what the budgets are of these weddings. Cause I just think it's gonna help you understand like what you're drawn to and like like who's a good fit? Like what are they spending on photography? Like that's your ideal client. So what are my opportunities for what they're spending? You know? Yeah. Um, I think like, yeah, like we all set our prices and I think a lot of us just, we're almost winging it sometimes. Uh-huh, and I'm just uh-huh. trying to bring it back to like a little bit more market research. I backtracking so much in my journey, but I went to Ohio state for college and there wasn't hospitality or or event planning at the time. So I actually took like a public relations. I was a communications major and we dealt a lot with market research. And so that's kind of where all this comes down. Oh, I get it. Yeah. 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 I tried to like put two. Yeah. I should have mentioned that earlier. Like, Oh yeah. No, you did. No wonder I don't know all this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm like market research just kidding um, yeah no no this is not something that like i think a business owner would know and it, it's honestly something i still am learning like i am not um an expert like these steps i love them because they are meant to be simple and it's helped me but you do not need to have a major in marketing to understand this stuff you know yeah we like need, it, we need renee <laughs> yeah oh, no no but like it's so easy like just determine what your what your market what markets are in your like area like honestly there's so much research out there these days that okay. you should can but you just did it you know Krista. like yeah. you were like these are the characteristics of my clients and you just said style like the types of vendors they're hiring you said like food trucks colorful i'm assuming they're working with like florists that are really vibrant and yeah. like you know that's their style so like you've already started to narrow down like that that's like you know a, a niche in your area yeah so. that's so interesting yeah when i get like the big ballrooms with like the big like flowers i'm just like oh i wonder why they book me <laughs> Oh, see, that's crazy. That's so interesting. Yeah. And I, it's so funny because this is why I'm probably best based in Boston and not LA because I feel like you're like the style you were talking. I'm like, that would be really fun, but it's not my style at all. I know. So, yeah. 
<laughs> but isn't that so interesting? And so it helps, like it helps to know. Um, anyway, so that like that leads me into the second like tip okay. is that you so basically like once you've determined the market segments in your area and what what they are and then you can actually analyze your current position in the market, which is what you've done. You know, kind of your ideal client and what you're looking for. And so, you know, that's what I would advise people with this next step is just like analyze what you're currently doing. Like who is your current client? What is their age range? What is their budget? If you could do more research on that um, and type of wedding job style, like who are they? Okay. Um, and I also like recommend doing like, a SWOT analysis. I'm sure many business owners uh, know what that is, but just analyze you. Like, just what are you currently doing? Not where you want to be. Okay. And I think that's important because a lot of people are very goal oriented. I'm a big dreamer. I'm always looking at what I want to be doing, but until I like really understand what I'm currently doing as an app, like advertising for my services, who I'm booking, like you aren't going to be able to change or evolve. Right. So that's why I like this step. Like just take some time. Like what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What opportunities are there? Um, and then what are your threats obviously? And then just review the competition also like in the markets that you want to be going into. So how, how are they marketing to their couples and what type of marketing is working for them? And then like kind of, relate that and analyze yourself more and figure out how you are the same and how you're different of those competitors that you look up to. So uh, this is so good. And it's helped me with my coaching program because Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. my team, um, we were on a call last week. And they're like, we need to know like more and more and more like who your student is. And I'm like, guys, like, you don't know that I already have like my sales page. And it's just like that Destiny's Child song. Like, can you, yeah. this? <laughs> and they're, they're like, like no, <laughs> they're like, we need to send you a questionnaire. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's such a good example. And I have to like read, look at this all the time. It's exhausting. Like your business will never just stay the same. And, but that's also like why we love it. Right. So, yeah. um, like with experience and, 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 and just like naturally being humans, like we change and grow over time. So, you know, my clientele, I actually used to be really drawn to um, similar clientele as you actually, Krista, and I still love it. I just, it, I don't know. I've just like over the years really found myself in different projects and loving that too. So mm, yeah, yeah, I love you, that though. Your I, team's you keeping elevated. you on your toes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> your caption. Yeah. <laughs> your headline. Yeah, yeah. definitely very, very upscale. And those are the people that are going to pay the cha-ching. <laughs> yes. Um, and that also comes with a different level of like responsibilities totally, and your totally. services. So I wouldn't say the grass is greener. If That's why it's so important to be self-aware of oh. where you are in your career, what you're doing and like where you want to go. But like, I just don't think that anyone should ever jump from like zero to 180 no matter what your goals are, like you're just, there's beauty in the process and like learning. So yes. that's why I love this topic. Cause it's like making you really actually analyze like yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're doing, you know? So yeah, I, I know my bride so well. I could show up with like my little JBL speaker and just be like, where the party at? You know? <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. That's amazing. My clients would be like, who is this girl? I totally would <laughs> be like, Yes. <laughs> Although sometimes I have clients like that. Like for me, it's a little different, I guess, because I am dealing with, I don't know, like a big picture type of thing. So sometimes I get really outgoing clients that would love yeah. that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Read the room. Uh, read the room. Okay. Take us away with uh, tip number three. 
This is a quick interruption to give a big shout out to our sponsor today, Zencaster. I host all my podcasts on Zencaster. So podcasting remotely can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. And Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution makes the process quick and painless the way it should be. So my personal experience, if you know me, you know I'm obsessed with quality and Zencaster provides crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD videos. If you guys didn't know, I actually have a YouTube channel, Carissa Wu, and you could actually see all of our episodes live face-to-face. So the solution, Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy. And with everything from local recording to automatic post-productions and the tools, so you don't have to leave your browser to get to the get the episode done. And I want you to have the same easy experience as I do if you want to start your podcast and your content needs. So if you go to Zencaster.com slash pricing, the promo code is Carissa Wu, and you get 30% off your first three months. Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com forward slash Carissa Wu. Enjoy. Okay, so tip number three, after you have, you now know what market segments are out there and you figure out what you are currently marketing to, next you want to build your new positioning strategy. So if you weren't happy with your analyzation of like who you're working with or what you're, what market you're serving, start to build what you want to be doing. So what type of clients do you want? How can you market to them? And how else can you stand out? So like, you know, resources, what, it, what types of things could you be doing to, uh, to get in front of your target mm-hmm. clients and their needs and wants. So maybe that's going on podcasts and, and doing more of like a B to C, which is like, you know, business to clients. Like maybe you're giving advice on that specific type of client that, you know, wants to hire someone like you. So for instance, like I would go on say Kelly McWilliams, this versus that podcast. She's awesome. She, her podcast is for couples okay. and I'm very specific about what topics I'll talk about because I don't want to attract the wrong client. So when she asked me to go on her podcast, I, you know, I'm like, I would love to talk about, you know, I like budgets, like versus a spending plan. Like for me, my clients are dealing with large budgets. They're dealing with, um, someone that they need to really like be the project manager of it. And so like that is to be sought, like to be heard as an expert talking about those things is helping me identify with my target client because they would likely be listening to that episode. So do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So like for you, Carissa, you could go on someone's podcast or you could write a blog post about, you know, having like, you know, what are the top five, like really like must have moments like that they should do to have fun at their wedding, like with their photography or, you know, ideas on how to have a more vibrant atmosphere or like, you know, like there's just Uh so many ways to speak to your ideal client. Um, without actually like advertising, like say with an ad or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. But anyways, the point of this tip is basically you just want to figure out what, where you want to go, like where, like what is your new strategy and who, what market do you want to be in? Uh, So for example, I learned very early on in my career, like my first year in weddings, I did 20 weddings and they were a mixture of like really cool spaces, but a lot more DIY. Uh, they didn't value as much of like, you know, investing in certain things because they were just kind of fine with 
the venue being it. And that's totally fine. But for me, I just mm. wanted more as a designer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it felt like a little just like it wasn't clicking, you know, and on top of it, the volume of weddings was intense for me. So when I started to look at this, I'm like, well, I really need to be careful what I'm advertising to like some of these spaces only attract those types of clients. Oh, interesting. So that was um, definitely part of me analyzing like what I'm doing so that the next year I could start to grow into clients that are not as DIY and they're yeah. moving more into like hiring a florist because I'm just not a creative person like that. Like yeah. I have other friends who are planners who they can create these things and it's incredible what they do, uh-huh, but uh-huh. it's just not me. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah I had to figure that I figured that out the hard way working 20 weddings or so, but, um, interesting. Yeah. So like I use these own steps and I really like took time to figure out, you know, what type of clients I want and and how I'm going to market to them. And like I said, in our last step, looking at how competitors that I look up to how they're marketing to their clients. So I very quickly found that like some of the platforms that I was advertising on weren't the right fit for me. Uh They were attracting the wrong budgets and the wrong clientele. And the only way I was able to analyze that so quickly is because I did the legwork to figure out what those markets look like. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so the next step would be once you know where you're going and what you want to be, what market you want to be in, um, you want to just start planning it out. And, okay. and what does that look like? And do you need to hire people? Do you need to refresh your website? You know, do you need help on social media? You know, create like a marketing plan, a okay. content scheduler, um, and just take into account how you're going to get to where you want to go. So um, I think that brand positioning to me is just, it's a huge process and it's a process of designing your company's offerings and your image so that it kind of is really visible and distinct. And there's like a value in the hearts and like the minds of your target clientele. So like we were talking earlier my clients and I are giddy about the same thing. Uh-huh. And that's because I market to it. It is like mm-hmm. intentional. I don't put anything out there that isn't a project I, I don't want to be doing. And it's helped so much with attracting that customer. So yeah, I yeah. know when you said something like um, historic buildings, and just like the heart of Boston. Um, and yeah. like these beautiful, gorgeous, like architecture, buildings. So I was, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't typically work with uh, a lot of clients that, you know, I'm kind of in between, honestly, like I, I say, I like, you know, romantic elevated weddings. I think that I have a modern clientele because a lot of my clients aren't doing like stuffy traditions and they wouldn't necessarily have like a 300 person banquet hall type of wedding. That's just not my client. My clients want to create a guest experience in a unique location. Mm. They want to lean into these like beautiful like artistries at these venues, no matter what kind of venue it is. Even if it's a hotel, if I have a hotel project, it's likely because they want a more modern designer to come in and like really lean into the romance and the charm of that space or like something about them. So yeah. And you'll see, like, if you look at my social media, I constantly time after time talk about that. And I talk about the process with my clients and and what kind of, you know, if I post a photo of a tablescape, I talk about how we got to that point and why we love it. Or I use the keywords that I want to describe my work. So romance, magic, 
fairy tale, you know, like all these things that kind of like go into my brand image. And I do think when people look at my company now, they associate me with that type of wedding. And so that's what you're looking to do. You want, you want someone to like, look at your work and say, Oh, that that's exactly what Carissa like offers, you know, like they, they get what you offer. Like it's, it's, if people don't understand what you're doing, they're going to have a harder time trusting you and they'll have a harder time buying and securing with you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm more quiet than I normally am just because I'm trying to like soak in all this oh, you're sweet. great <laughs> information. Um, so I'm, I'm really absorbing and I'm going to listen to this a couple of times and just Aww. kind of um, take it all in. But this is great advice. So I'm just going to do a little recap. Great. So brand positioning one, um, market segments, like for me, like what are the segments in LA? Is it like the beach cities? Is it the, the um, yeah. nice hotels? Is it the um, garden weddings? Is it the um, hipster weddings? Yeah. I know their budgets, the brides that are like going to booking these venues and what are their budgets approximately? So market yeah. research. Number two, market segment. So Analyze where your current position is, who are they, how old they are, the SWOT analysis, just pretty much your ideal avatar, review co- competition. Yes. And then number three, build a new brand strategy, which is your future self. So where do you want to fit in? And then what resources you could provide to your ideal client? You could go to podcasts, um, you could write different blog posts. Um, and then number four, just planning it all out with your um, with your new client avatar. You could plan out your marketing plan. So content scheduler, um, who you're going to advertise with, what you're going to do for the year. So take us away with number five, if I said all of those right. Yeah, no, you did. You crushed it. I'm like, wait, I need to have you do my show notes, Carissa. That was amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah. And tip number five is super easy. Like, I feel like you you guys, like we just did all the hard work in the first four tips, but, uh, tip number five is just stay consistent. So keep revisiting that strategy. I hold quarterly check-ins on mine just to make sure I'm not getting carried away. You know, we all get solicited as small businesses to like do the next shiny marketing thing. Um, but I try to keep a good tabs on this, overall like goal of my strategy and what I want to be doing. So that way I can make better decisions. And so I think just keep revisiting it and really work through that marketing plan that you have. And I think you'll see that it will pay off. So it's a, that's an easy last step, but you know, consistency we find can be some of the hardest things to maintain. So, you know, I think it's a really important one. I think but. from coaching different students, I think what I learned the most, my biggest lesson was you do need a marketing plan because you could throw spaghetti yeah. at the wall, like see whatever sticks, do all the things. But yeah, um, like when you, for me, like I am busy with the kiddos. Um, so it's harder. I can't do all the things. So yeah. I need to see it as like a year map, as a quarterly map, as a monthly, weekly, daily. And it's so much easier to like break it down that way. Yeah, totally. I, and I, I create like a strategic plan for my business and it has a separate tab for marketing. And I try to look at like with a strategic plan, you're looking at what your goals are. And then you also have, um, like a list of the, or no, what your objectives are. And then you have a list of the goals. So like any of my objectives should mark off some of my companies, like, you know, big goals. And I've come up with that because that's like, 
the goals that as a business I want to accomplish, that's what's going to fill my cup up and what's going to make it successful. So for instance, I want to get published in two publications this year. And that sounds small, right? Like two, I used to think I needed 15, but for me, it's about (laughs) the two right ones. And the two right ones help me with my other goals, which is increasing my revenue because it's going to help me attract to my ideal client. Um, It's going to help, you know, my marketing goals because like those are where I want to be featured and positioned and I get more like exposure for it. So like there should just always be kind of like an organization to your strategy. And I think that's why I love this topic so much because like it doesn't have to be a million different goals. Like really you shouldn't because then you're going to overwhelm yourself and you're not going to hit them. So I'm still working through goals that I had pre pandemic and it's okay. As long as I hit them, (laughs) that's what my goal this year. Yeah. Your MBA definitely helped. Um, what would you, (laughs) what would be your Sabo factor, your whoop factor? I'm a, I'm a Sato. So you're, you're a Sabo, (laughs) but, um, my married name, but what would be your secret sauce to, Oh. That's awesome. I know you said it so many times, but you could reframe it again. No, you're good. I I think that there was a couple of things I wrote down. I have my notes here because I know I love this question, but I'm very detail oriented and I get very personal with my clients. Like I become friends with all of them. And sometimes that's not what everyone would necessarily want. They want to separate business with play, but I have found a way to do that and still be personable. And so I think like all my clients know they mean such a, like they mean a really great deal to me. And I think it adds to their client experience and like they can really gain trust with me from the start. So I think that helps me stand out um, when I'm dealing with such a personal milestone in their lives. But yeah, that's kind of my. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I was just thinking of my answer, what my answer would be too, but it would be like, yeah, yeah, you you can be friends with them. You have to like remember like things about them and like yeah. maybe take notes and then you know, you could follow them on social media and you could like yeah. during the day you could start asking them like questions not wedding related and I think it makes it more personal. Like how's work going or like you said you're working on that project, like how's it going? So it yeah. kind of takes them out of like this like Oh, she's like this worker bee for me. Taking and like, a photo of me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's more like a person. Like she's she's our friend. Yeah, definitely. I think especially with our jobs, like weddings are intimidating. And it's because of all the anxiety and the like jitterbugs that come with like getting married. Like it's a huge day and they're nervous. So I mean, like if you feel like they're friend and they can trust you, I think it I think it just makes it allows me to do my job better too in the long run. And then I have an enjoyable experience with my clients too. But like, I think it helps everyone involved just to be yourself and um, really bond with your clients. But I will say that that doesn't mean they should walk all over you. Like my clients know my office hours, they know what's Mm -hmm. appropriate with Mm -hmm. me. Um, And we have a better relationship because they are respectful of my business. So I definitely want to make sure that I'm like, this is not, I'm not saying that I do, I bend over backwards for my clients. I do bend over backwards for my clients, but within reason and within my service and what is like normal to do. um, I'm not like letting them call me at all hours on the weekends. And, you know, so it's it's a balance, but that is like a unique thing that I've been able to accomplish is that a lot of my clients, like we are super close, but it doesn't control my life by any means. So it's just created a really nice balance. Yeah. 
Yeah, when when I work with planners that get stressed out at weddings or like they're very reactive to emails, then I'm like, dude, your one job is like to not be stressed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you cannot like let let me tell you, my job is so freaking stressful. All of our jobs are. Yeah, but and, poker face, right? <laughs> yeah, you have to just like figure out a way to mask it. And it's extremely hard for me. Like I deal with a lot of anxiety at home. I have my entire life. Um, and I have a therapist that helps me through like meditations with that and trying to just like take a step back. I think the biggest thing you have to like, remember is that it is all business. Like even if your clients are making it not business and they're reacting, you should not react. Just be a business, um, be personable, of course, but I, sometimes you just got to say how it is, you know, like I yeah. understand you're upset and it, it, my heart breaks for you. But at the same time, you hired me to be honest and transparent about what the process looks like. And I'm here to like bring solutions to the table. I'm not here to coddle you. Like mm-hmm. I would never say it like that. Yeah, to my yeah. clients, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not, you're not there to coddle them. They're, mm-hmm. they're there as the expert. So be the expert, you know, and don't oh. let the emotions overwhelm you because then no, everyone's in bad hands, you know? <laughs> Ah, oh, yeah. I love it. Okay, rapid fire yeah. questions. What do Ooh. you like to do for fun? Ah, um, so for fun, I mean, I love podcasting, but I know that's kind of work these days. So um, I love traveling and shopping and I love, you know, happy hours. We don't get those much in Boston anymore. Or oh. We don't have happy hour in Boston, actually. It's like uh, the liquor laws or something. So when I go home to Ohio, I like love a good happy hour. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like, these drinks are like free. <laughs> so, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't even register because I haven't gone to one for so long. Oh, I know, right? We haven't even I was left just our thinking house. Of going to the bar, yeah, but have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Okay, well, tell me about your wedding. Ooh, so we just celebrated our six-year anniversary last weekend. So it's actually pretty fresh in my mind because I always like rewatch our wedding video. But uh, my husband and I got married downtown Boston at this like one of the oldest restaurants in the city uh, in the middle of winter. There was lots of lights out. It was very like romantic and uh, January winter vibes. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was very wow. intimate, but yeah, Were I you loved it. 2015? It was 2016. Yeah. Okay. It was 2015. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, let's see. Can you ask me a question since you're a podcaster? Oh, well, it's been hard not to ask you a million questions, but, (laughs) (laughs) uh, okay. Let me see. What's one that I had on my mind earlier? Well, I did ask you, how do you balance having kids with your podcast and your business? Cause I think it's incredible, but. Ooh, good question. I was like, do I balance? (laughs) (laughs) That's an honest reply too. Um, I guess for me, like I don't, I think before I, I used to love to multitask, but with kids, mm-hmm. like it just doesn't work. It's just so stressful. So they either have to be like out of the house with daycare, preschool. And then when I have a stop time, so I pick yeah. up uh, Piper, my oldest at like four. So then 345, you know, close down shop and then um, pick her up, do her activities. And then sometimes it's hard to shut it off. So I have to like go to the park and just kind of like lay down or like lay on my stomach and just like relax. And then I try to take a bath with her so I could like zone out. And then that time from like five to like eight, I don't look at my phone. Yeah. Oh, that's good advice for sure. Yeah. So I just kind of like, I forget about it. And then I'm kind of like, oh, shoot, like, (laughs) 
Like I forget about my phone and it's a good feeling, but you're like, oh, did I miss something? You know? I know. I know. I try to do that on my off weekends because like, I think my husband is like, you're on your phone all the time because sometimes I'm like posting on social media or I'm like, yeah, it's a bad world in that sense. But so I love that you take that daily time to like, just be with your daughter, you know? Yeah, I know. And it's hard. Like, um, I'm trying to do more coaching and, um, kind of not doing the wedding. So that's going to save like a ton of time because, you know, the wedding yeah. is so long. It's like all day <laughs> and then pick up yeah. drop off is crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's let's talk about your last words for wedding professionals advice. And then um, I know your freebie, like, you know, how they could work with you and where to find yeah. you on social media. Oh, definitely. So I think my last words of wisdom, uh, I would say just kind of be yourself. Like there's so many creatives in our industry and I know that it can be very overwhelming and you feel like, well, she's doing this or he's doing this. Like, should I be doing this? And, you know, I think this whole topic that I talked about today really shows like, if you just focus on you, focus on your goals, where you want to be in the market and make yourself happy and your, and it fulfills your life. Like you don't need other outside distractions, you know, like, use it for inspiration. Great. But yeah, just be yourself and, and really know yourself. And I think you'll be able to create like a really healthy business for that. So. Oh, nice. And how can we work with you and where to find you? Definitely. So you can always find me on Instagram at urban underscore soiree or at the confetti hour. And if you're interested in mentoring or my speaking engagements, um, you can go to urban dash soiree.com slash mentoring. Um, or, you know, weddingindustryspeakers.com. I know you're, you know, uh, Megan Ely, Carissa, she's the best. So um, I'm listed on her um, platform of wedding speakers. So find me over there. And um, if you want to tune into the podcast, I'm wherever you tune into podcasts, but it's the Confetti Hour podcast. So, and then hopefully Carissa will come on soon so you can listen to us over there too. (laughs) Yes, we'll be all over the internet. So um, I encourage the audience, the listeners, to just take a screenshot of this episode and tag both me and Renee and share it and just say like maybe type in your brand position and a couple words. Ooh, and I, I hope love that. this helps you guys. And I love this conversation. You're the best, Renee. Thank you, Krista. You too. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Get a Heck Yes. I want to give a genuine thank you to our new sponsors, Let's Make Art. You can find them on Instagram. So not everyone has a ton of time or the mental space to set up time for arts and crafts, but Let's Make Art makes it easy with amazing products and tutorials for you so you can focus on the good part, just literally making the art. So from my experience, after I became a coach and I'm not taking on these like smaller gigs and I'm not really taking on a lot of weddings, I really gave myself permission like one hour a week or a couple hours a week and just give myself permission to unwind with art with me and my older daughter. So whether you're a total beginner or you master the art, the supplies and the tutorials in each monthly box are designed to encourage you and support you and enhance experience with art. Um, And I know from my own experience how intimidated it is to where to start, what brushes to use or pens or what you should buy. So this is definitely like the best medium to use. And Let's Make Art genuinely makes it simple for me to start my latest art projects. So like with project kits, art boxes, and subscription options, 
Let's make art made it easy for you to dive right in today. So go to my link in the show notes and receive 20% off your first order. It's time to make some art. Thanks for joining me this week on Get a Heck Yes with Carissa Wu. Make sure to follow, subscribe, leave a review, or tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot and post to IG. Tag me. Also, don't forget to download my free guide on how to become a lead generating machine. See you next time, wedding pros.